0: was like 15 years old in church and um basically started bringing all my boys to church and we was just a whole bunch of hood 15 16 year olds with long white tees Up in church like every single event they had keeping it 100 like they did not want us there actually there were actually a lot of people who showed us the opposite of love we get like like we weren't unseen we were seen negatively what is going on family we hope you guys are having an absolutely amazing day and we thank you for tuning into another episode 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 (laughs) of the unseen collective podcast This is uh, your boy, Eric, and I'm here with Jawanza, and we're going to have a fun conversation today, right, bro? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. So we just recently had uh, the event down in York, PA, with the youth, and um, we wanted to have a conversation uh, about that. And I know, bro, that you had kind of come up with some topics for us to talk about today. So what's on your mind? Yeah, so for me... um...
1: This was a very dope opportunity for Unseen to do a couple different things. It was, it was a cool opportunity to serve together first and foremost, um, but we were serving youth, which was all of our uh, passions and bread and butter, which, which is if, if no one listening to this podcast episode knows, that's actually one of the main things that brought us together. We all felt unseen, but we all felt that youth were unseen and people who specifically worked with urban youth needed more resourcing and equipping and encouragement. So we got together um, thinking that that was going to be what Unseen was, but God kind of exploded something else. So that was a really cool aspect. But also, aside from that, um, we got a chance to be there and serve in all these different ways. And this uh, podcast will be the first of a series where we really hear from everybody who was there and um, just getting their, their perspective, what it was like for them to serve and whether it was on the panel, whether it was a sermon, whether it was just literally being unseen in the background and just serving these kids, serving the leaders, cleaning up, and the, cleaning up, setting things up, uh, interacting with some of the leaders of the youth. It was a really cool opportunity. So yeah, today uh, I wanted to hear from you, bro, because you got the opportunity to kick off um, the double sermon, the, the the two sermons that were happening that day. You started it off and um, had a really powerful message that I think resonated with a lot of the kids. So first thing that I wanted to start off with this thing, bro, was um, how'd you land on what you wanted to talk about? What did your sermon topic, how do you think God like kind of crafted that based on um, who you knew we were going to serve and how you knew we were going to get Uh, get a chance to serve together as unseen and you being one of the voices
0: of unseen on the stage. Like how did that all come together? Yeah, bro. Interestingly enough. um, It was a, it was a little bit of a weird experience. Uh, I think that that was my first time in my life. Preaching with absolutely no notes. Mm. Um, And not because I wanted to, but because I felt like the that was what the Lord was telling me to do, and actually, it's something that He's been telling me um, as of late. Um, just I, uh, you know, what I think that He's doing there is that He's trying to help me to refine my preaching voice. Mm. Um. And, you know, that's kind of like a long story, so I wouldn't really <laughs> go down there, but I'll give you the the Cliff Notes version of it. <laughs> where um, I've been to two churches in my life, and currently, you know, I'm, in, I'm at the same church with Juwanza. But um, in transitioning to that church, I was coming out of a season of depression, and so I didn't preach for um, seventeen. I think, three years almost and um and then also even though even after a year and a half after not being depressed like how do you how do you say that like of being undepressed <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of being normal i guess you could say <laughs> also does it sound good but um of just like not dealing with the depression anymore um for a good i want to say actually i would even say up until this point i've dealt with a lot of fogginess Um, I've struggled with accessing different parts of my mind and remembering things in the same way. Um, And so I feel like God is taking me through a journey now where he's helping me to uh, find my confidence in that again and, and to believe in him. And so he's really, in my heart, I feel like he's commissioned me to really trust him with my sermons yeah. to a different level. And and with this event, part of it was like, hey, um, I don't want you, to, I'm going to give you something. Um, I had very loose notes, I guess you would call it, in my head because it wasn't anything written down. And I specifically felt not to take any notes down. The only thing I think I had was the, the verse references because mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to reference Joseph. Um, and then from there, it really was just like a a trusting thing, you know, um, I'd like to say that I like thought about the youth and, and knew them, which I didn't know them either. And, but God knows them. I didn't know who was going to be there. Um, I didn't know what needs they were going through, but God did. Right. And I, that I went up there and I, and I just gave a message that I think hopefully resonated with them um i didn't really get to hear much of the feedback because um all of us were pretty much there with our children (laughs) which was a challenge within and of itself but um man like i just really felt so strongly about the whole joseph comparison with like knowing that especially the fact that when he spoke to his brothers he was young Mm mm-hmm and you know, when you're young, you're filled with all of this passion. You're filled with, you're just passionate about everything for no reason. Right. You got a girlfriend. You passionate about her. You you believe in something like you like. I'm going to the NBA. You mad passionate about it. Not passionate enough to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and work on your jump shot. Oh, right. <laughs> but- your heart is there. Your heart is in it. And mm-hmm. so, like, um, a lot of that, I think, was just me tapping into the heart of Jesus, not only for those specific youth, but I think that um, for a lot of youth in this current time right now, who I think really just need to understand that God believes in them and that he trusts them and that he's the one voice that, that they need to listen to. And that really resonates in my mind, at least with many youth who feel unseen and who feel like, who is seeing me? Who is seeing my potential? Who is seeing what I'm capable of? Not not only seeing me for what I'm capable of, but also seeing me and loving me just the same. Yeah. Cause being feeling seen and feeling loved can sometimes be two separate things. Huh. And God God does both of those. Thousand percent you know, God does both of those. And I think that I would hope that a lot of the youth that day left feeling like God sees them and loves them.
1: Yeah. The same. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good, bro. Um, and I think that was shown in a lot of the feedback, which we'll get into in a, in a bit. Um, but Before we even do that, I'm curious. It's interesting to hear you talking about not using notes and the process that God has you with, um, in your sermon journey and how that intersected with this event and with a lot of the youth, um, because the journey aspect is huge for the kids. And I think a lot of that is what did impact them. Some of the things that will mean you, uh, cause spirit bombs for anyone who's listening. Me and Eric have been spirit preachers bombs. for a while <clears throat> and we've known each other as preachers are passionate about preaching the word for, uh, wow, at least, at least 10 years now, I can't do the math in my head, but at least that. And, um, we always say, uh, we when we've been audiences of each other, there's been moments where we can tell, like, oh, you didn't write that on your notes. Like that was a spirit bomb uh call back mm-hmm. to Dragon Ball Z for any anime nerds. That's something that literally <laughs> spirit, the Holy Spirit has dropped in your spirit and like exploded in the in the form yeah. of just giving you something in that moment. And even it
0: rocked you even like, Oh, snap, God. Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, you could tell because mm-hmm. all I gotta do is like, I gotta look as I'm watching you. It's like you're brimming with excitement. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel excitement too, because I'll be like, nah, he didn't really just drop that on me while where, I'm talking. So
1: where it, the, best. You know, the spirit when the spirit give you something, it's like, oh well, nah, now you can't even prepare for that. That's just something that God just dropped on you. So okay. I'm curious, man, even in light of you not preparing your notes, like what were some spirit bombs or even points that you got a chance to uh, communicate um, throughout your sermon and in speaking about Joseph that uh, resonated um, as you were speaking and that you remember that you want the audience to hear that wasn't
0: obviously there at the conference. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember one specific part where, oh, so uh, there was this whole part where Originally, I was just gonna talk about Joseph and him being called and God seeing him, um, but then somehow I just felt like this, and this wasn't really a spirit bomb for me because I don't, I didn't feel like this really resonated with me. But I know that it did with the youth in the audience because I just saw their faces, mm-hmm. like they were just like, they were just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a generational thing, yeah. But it was specifically a part that. I talked about how people will hate you for the calling that God places on your life simply because God places a calling on you. I'm right. talking about Joseph, his father, his father loved him and loved him the most and that God loves them the most, um, which therefore in turn meant that his brothers hated him because of the love that his father had for him. Mm. And so that people in this world were going to hate them and hate on them um, because uh, because of God's love for them. And they might not even connect the dots on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, you know, we just talked, you know, I just talked to them about how um, they have to be able to navigate that and have to be able to uh, bear that mm. in a way, bear that and be able to, like, not, not be like, walk around with a chip on their shoulder, but to be able to know that this is, there's a reason for this. And so they have to be able to walk accordingly and they have to be aware of the fact that um, there are going to people that hate them for it. Yeah. Word. Word. And so I think that like resonated with them because, you know, teenagers always feel like people is hating uh, on each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to be like, Oh, I don't have no haters. That's just like, but that's, there's a whole other side to that, right, yeah. that I'm not going to get into either. Um, maybe I do have some haters, but um, either way, that's not something that I tend to typically focus on. But, you know, there are going to be times where maybe you have relationships that you're trying to navigate and you have, like, um, what's the word? Like friction with another person. And you might be wondering like, yo, what, what is going on? Why do I have friction with this person that is supposed to be my brother or is supposed to be my friend mm-hmm. or supposed to be my parent? You're right. Right. Like, why do I have friction with this person? I think that sometimes we, we navigate friction unaware of the fact that it's a spiritual thing. And um, there's, a, there's, there's something going on there. It, it, it could be that you're growing and God is doing a work in you and that person is rubbing up against that, mm. rubbing up, up against that call in your life or rubbing, rubbing up against what God is having you navigate in that season. And it's just not for them where it might, might it, it doesn't have to be necessarily something demonic. It could be just something that's just not for them. Yeah. And we try to make things work so hard sometimes. And uh, we bear crosses that we were never meant to be put onto. Right. And um, and then we're tired mm. and we're stressed. Yeah. And we're like, why isn't this relationship working? And it it, it, it took its due course. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Those are just some thoughts that I'm having right now. Yeah,
1: that's good, bro. Um, and I think a lot of that, because I feel like a lot of the things you said, have really good umbrella subcategories. Um, you touched on, like, so many nuanced things. Like like you said, that favoritism. And I remember somebody in the audience being like, yeah, no, nah, parents always have favorites. Mm-hmm, hmm Joking, mm-hmm. even though, like, that was a point of, like, oh, yeah, but you know... Like, we said that with a lot of emotion, yes, bro. that was... And it was one of the pastor's kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shade. We ain't saying um uh, uh,
0: along with this, but... That was that was nah, I you said that. Um that joy was funny as heck, and that kid was one of the sweetest ones there. So I know his parents love super him. dope. But that joy was funny, bro. He was like, nah, all parents, oh, parents got, got favorites. favorites.
1: And it's like, dang. I mean, I was like, Wee. <laughs> But word, bro, like even in that, um, and speaking about the father's love for us and how like that love can be interpreted in many different ways because you walk in favor, um, was, mm-hmm. was a powerful point, bro. And one of the things you touched on that I know, just because I was kind of walking around, um, we were like, we 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 had we had a conversation beforehand. It was like, hey, walk around, make sure like kids are interacting and encourage them if you see them struggling in conversation. One of the things that um, I heard a lot of the different groups talking about was that point, like your parents. Um, have tried their best in a lot of ways is what you said Mm -hmm. Um, but still have failed in many ways to love you the way that you needed to be loved so it's that tension of both um, that we both keep talking about that we're like in the process of really embracing and learning holding both truth like your parents I mean some parents out here stunting that's real but a lot of times especially in that room where we had a lot of um, parents a lot of mixed and diverse groups some immigrant kids Um, some Mm -hmm. kids who are like really, maybe really affluent and their parents aren't home because they're trying to keep the lights on and keep and sustain some of the wealth that they have. It was like, yeah, you have to realize your parents are going to fail. And while you do need to give them grace, also realize the space that they didn't feel that you needed requires attention from you. You can't just ignore that joint, move through your life and expect yourself to just be like, oh, I'm just going to forget it because I have to give my parents grace you do. And at the same time, you have to realize that there's a lot of things that you need to process that your parents weren't able to give you that if you don't address properly will come up somewhere else in your life. So you address that super well. And I could tell just by walking around and listening to some conversations that resonated with kids. Yeah. So bro, like um, feedback wise, one of the things that I had a lot of things that I thought were really cool, because we had some kids come up and share and say, yo, what are some of the things that really stuck out to you? And again, I was walking around and just listening. And um, one of the kids, well, oh, I can't, his name is slipping me right now, but uh, he was in one of the groups I sat and listened to. Um, and he was just saying, and he shared this from the stage at one point. And I don't know if you were there for this, but I think I told you later that I just thought it was so dope. You had made a point that I want you to <laughs> elaborate on a bit. You had made a point that like, yo, know, sometimes the reality is being a, uh, a youth and trying to walk with Christ is you're still unlearning some things. You're still dealing with some carnal, some carnal situations. Um, you go to church you go back in your car and you're like you bump and pop. That's what your that's what your reality was. <laughs> yeah. On the church went back in the car listening to regular secular music that that probably wasn't the greatest for your spirit. Um, yeah. And he said, "Man, this is what this kid said. Who was like no older than like 14, which is why it blew me away." He said, "When he made that comment, it reminded me." That even though sometimes I struggle to commit to God because I see some other options that I could really jump into and enjoy, feed my flesh, um, it made me realize, wow, no, God is faithful. And I I could trust God to really sustain me despite the fact that I have other options that I could go to and draw from. God is like, he said this exactly, God is my solid rock and I can trust him i was like "Ooh,
0: that was crazy wow yeah when you told me that uh that that was one of the the feedbacks that got to me through you feedbacks um (laughs) and uh that reminds me of the time we did the screw tape play by the way um (laughs) (laughs) so when you told me that i was like what he got that from that Cause I was like blown away. Like this man got a whole, this kid got a whole sermon from a comment I just made on the side. And, and so let's, let's give some context here. The reason why I made that, that comment was because um, during worship, I took a second to just look around and like, I had a flashback to when I was like 15 years old in Mm -hmm. church and um i started i started ministry really young i started uh, serving in ministry at 12 years old um and basically started bringing all my boys to church and we was just a whole bunch of hood 15 16 year olds with long white tees (laughs) up in church like every single event they had keeping it 100 like they did not want us there Mm -hmm. actually there were actually a lot of people who showed us the opposite of love crazy but we kept we kept going bro yeah we kept going we get we'd get accused of stuff we'd get like we weren't unseen we were seen negatively (laughs) (laughs) like you know what i'm saying which is another just another form of unseen you know right because they didn't really see us for who we really were Mm. and um either way we still kept going and there were just like just the right amount of people in the church who did show us love cuz i think if nobody showed us love we would have just stopped going right but i remember like i remember being that 15 year old kid and being at youth camps and being at youth services and being especially at sunday service and worship worship is a very um jarring experience yes. if you're a christian for more than two, three years, well, it becomes normalized. It becomes a part of your culture. But we got to remember that church culture is not normal culture. Word. You know? It is a culture. And so worship can be a culture shock, mm-hmm. especially for a kid from the hood that basically only bumps hip-hop and R&B. hmm and when I was 15 years old, I ba- I specifically listened to only hip hop and R&B. I was a huge R&B head, bro. I love that. <laughs> um, and then like 16, 17, I, I I reconnected with my Spanish roots, and I was listening to reggaeton and salsa. Um, so three of those are just straight up hood music, and so I would be at church, and Hillsong is coming on in the beginning you're like yo what is this bro like how you're telling me that i'm supposed to connect with god and you're looking at me crazy because i'm not but you're not realizing that this is a culture shock for me right and so i looked around and I, i looked at a lot of the kids and a lot of them were i don't think that they were just disconnected like as you normally see, like on a Sunday service with people who have been going to church for 15 years, they're disconnected because they carnal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. But there's, they were disconnected. I think it was, it was deeper than that.
1: Mm.
0: So while I was preaching, um, that sounded mad judgmental, by the way, that's Uh, so forgive me for that, Lord. but it's <laughs> probably true. Anyway, <laughs> God knows they are, but anyway, so, um, you know, I'm. Th- I started thinking about that, and I brought it up because I wanted them to realize that I get it. You know, like I grew up in the, I grew up in the hood too. Yeah, like I, I know what it's like, and that they could maybe look at me and be like, "Yo, I saw him connecting during worship, though. Maybe I can get there too. Maybe it's okay if I'm, if I'm, uh, like, um, if I am, um, if I like, let's just for, let's make it really." normal the the speech like i'm a manly dude and i'm i'm a a, i take care of myself and i you know i'm hard and like i you know like you can't shake me maybe it's okay that i have that but also at the same time i could i can find a way to connect with him yeah and like to provide hope in that way and so that was kind of like what was going on in my mind during that that discourse, but just hear that that kid that that's what he got is truly beautiful to me. Like that God spoke to him in that way. He probably gonna be preaching in like five years. Yo, that, my dude, profound. Even like how he
1: articulated it, though I didn't do the entire thing verbatim, it was close. Dude, really, he could communicate. Um, but yeah, but you bring up like so, so many good points that could be, I can either make this podcast like ours or <laughs> that could be other podcasts. Um, two things that I really want to zone in on, um, as we start wrapping is this, the first thing you mentioned, or the first thing that really, really stuck out to me, I think we should highlight, especially in light of Unseen's roots, um, is that people can, there can be a lot of things happening within people inside that we don't properly see, um, as we're like doing what we call whatever church life ministry we can look at a youth and be like, you man, you my boy with the five XT. Why aren't you lifting your hands? Worship him. Like I've been in many situations, uh, youth camps, youth revivals, stuff like that, um, where I've seen people speak to youth in a way where they expect them to do all this external stuff that shows worship um, because, mm-hmm. and because they don't see the external stuff, they assume that they're not worshiping or that they don't really realize conflict that's happening inside of them because they don't they don't realize there's a church culture that's conflicting with their own culture and what they interpret as connecting with god so i know like when i when i try to bring someone who is not from a church context into worship before we even go to camps i say hey listen this is what's about to happen this is going to be very jarring for you um you're going to see a lot of people you're going to hear drums you're going to hear singing you're going to hear guitars I want you to realize that this is its own thing. This is a form of worship. You're going to see people raising their hands. You might not be there yet, and that's cool. Here's what I want you to focus on. Uh, Read the words and meditate. If anything sticks out to you, meditate on that. You remember that line, and let's talk about it later. And I've had some really cool conversations with some kids that were either came to youth group or that went to youth camp because I try to... I try to normalize their situation and their mindset coming into it because this is just the Western contemporary/slash you know anglo Anglo way of yeah. worship. Yeah. I mean, connecting with God, but worship doesn't have to look the exact same way, which is a whole other conversation. Um, but the second piece of what you what you mentioned that I really wanted to zero in on, bro, um is like our mentality. And I touched on it a bit in my first point, actually, but our mentalities. Um, as leaders leading this thing. There might be somewhere along the way, someone listening to this who does lead youth, who is looking for resourcing and equipping by listening to this podcast. I mean, they're listening to like what your experience was, your testimony, what it was like in your five XT days (laughs) to be seen, but not fully understood. um, And how that interprets and colors speaks to uh, how you speak to youth today. What do you think we're missing? And when it comes to the ministry context with youth trying to bring people from like uh, a really disassociated place, not knowing church culture or not knowing how to connect with God and getting them to a place where they can worship God in a context that's real and true for them. How would you help someone not like create a cookie cutter way of connecting with God and maybe not missing some people along the way trying to drag people? Uh, into what's familiar to them versus helping
0: them connect with God their own way? Yeah, I think that <clears throat> uh, the the big thing that I'm zeroing in on in, in your question is what is missing. And um, I think that, especially in the Western church, which is the only church I can really speak for, I think that we've tried to replace authentic, and relational experiences with programming. Mm. Um, which is an emulation of what the world does. Mm-hmm. You know, like when the world puts an event together, the programming is the main show. You got Beyonce. It don't matter what else you do, you got a good show. Word. But then on top of that. The programming, because... Oh, this... Oh. Spear bomb, spear bomb. Yes! Oh, my goodness. Woo! But the show would never just be a show with just Beyonce in it, because the fact that she is the guest of honor presenting at the show. Yeah. All of this programming is being formed around her mm-hmm. to meet her status. Mm. That's where all the lights and the action comes in is because Beyonce is going to be there, right. quote unquote, right? And so we have to show up and show out because it's Beyonce. Mm. Well, what the church has done is we've seen programming and programming has become front and center and God is put to the side. Mm. Specifically in a youth context, what what I've seen I'm, I'm not as active in, in, in youth stuff. What I've heard, because I still like read a lot of stuff about it. What I'm hearing is that, and this is also in the church at large, is that programming has become front and center. And there's, for Jawanza knows me. You know, I don't have a problem with programming. Mm-hmm, right. I do not have a, a problem with doing something dope. In fact, I want it to always be dope, but I don't want it to be dope at the expense of us forgetting who the guest of honor is. Mm, Yeah. And so youth are not, um, less of a person than an adult is. Right. A young person should go to a service where they are presented with the opportunity to meet jesus authentically and give it to them fully give it to them as they will comprehend yeah they will understand they are actually i believe youth are actually hungry to understand the word right you get a you get yo i've seen and i've seen it when i visited youth group at our church uh in the past With the preachers who are preaching on our Sunday team, you and other people who've served uh, in the past, I've seen you guys sharing the word and you're sharing it full body. And what do they do when they don't understand? They ask questions and they don't just ask questions, they ask questions hungry because they want to understand. And you know, I think that a lot of people, what they're doing instead is they're just making a flashy presentation. That is done in the name of jesus but without jesus and and if he becomes the f- the center of all of our events he becomes the scent he's the reason and he is the main presenter yeah and then we make it dope mm-hmm. right because when i was 15 years old i was studying the word I bought Logos Bible software at 17 years old and threw it on, on, on my, uh, at 18 years old and threw it on my first credit card. Sheesh. I was buying Bible software, going to Bible college. There's a reason
2: to go in debt.
0: May it be for the, yeah, like yo word. <laughs> I was hungry. And I remember one of the first times, uh, me and my, uh, I call it, I don't want to call it my youth because they were all my age, but we were all youth, right? Me and all the people who came to my cell group, we all went to a retreat. And um, and and I remember they were just mad happy because anytime questions were being asked, they knew the answer. Mm. And I remember the next time we came to cell group, all of like, they actually stopped me and thanked me. And I was like, what's going on and they were just like yo we've realized how much time and investment you've put into teaching us the word of god because when we were around all these other people our age they didn't know half the stuff that was being talked about mm. and they've been going to church longer than us word. we don't even your church we just go to your cell group mm. and i so i just think that there's uh to wrap up with that i think that if there is a a youth leader who's looking for resources, who's looking for, uh, you know, resources in a limited world, um, the limit is not the word. You are the resource. Mm. As you feed yourself and as you connect with Jesus, especially when we are under-resourced thing, God will meet you there. He'll meet you in power. He will meet you in strength. If you're putting in that work and getting in the word, yo, you're going to become a well that never runs dry for these young people. Don't try to find the next flashy thing. Don't try to find the the perfect volunteers and the right people and try to draw people. No, all that is good and, and dope if you can do it get as much pizza as you can get all the gaming systems like all that stuff helps but are you getting in the word word are you being a resource of the word do you know jesus authentically so that you can present jesus authentically and i'm done Mm. Mm.
2: oh yeah we've been saying for a while now um when it comes to like you know the upcoming generation which was um I guess you could say late or early no 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 late millennials then gen z now alpha um that they've been having a uh, desire a deep desire for what's real yeah and I love that I think that's a perfect place to park man like if we don't give them our honest story um, they're going to be able to sense it and they're going to know it and it's not even like oh man then we just lost you know what i mean we lost the youth it's like what's deeper than that is that we've misrepresented jesus and we've lost an opportunity to help someone realize with the honesty in my story that i'm giving you please know that despite whatever your story is god can use that and bring that to a place where it's it's, it's it has it has like the the muck from it blown off, and we can find the beauty in each other's ashes and each other's the things that should have destroyed us, things that still mm. can bother us from time to time. There's beauty in it, and God uses those things in ways that we can never imagine. So that's dope, bro. We are the resource. We are the resource, bro. Um, so we appreciate you guys, man. We appreciate you guys for tuning in with us. Um, we we just want to these next few episodes unpack. What this one day was Because there was a lot of Different dimensions to it Though it literally wasn't one day There's so much story to tell So we want to take this next Few episodes to tell that story So we appreciate you Your service Your obedience To, to preach bro um, And we pray that If anything was helpful You would dive Deeper into it dive, dive deeper into yourself So you can find Whatever that story is That God's trying to tell Through your life And unashamedly give it to the world I almost said it, In Jesus name <laughs> I said amen (laughs) We appreciate y'all Be easy
0: Peace